Hey everybody, welcome back to the Noggin Notes podcast. I'm your host, Jake Wiskirchen, and I couldn't be happier today to talk about today's topic. And today's topic is sadness. Is that weird? That's weird, right? That I'm talking about sadness and it makes me happy? So anyway, I don't I don't find a problem there. I don't find a paradox because when I teach emotions, I teach that they are simply informative. There is no good or bad emotion, although a lot of people will look at sadness and say, that's a bad emotion. I don't want that emotion. And turns out you can't control that anyway because life's full of disappointments. And I'll get to that in a minute. But right now I want to give a shout out to Zephyr Wellness. Zephyr is the sponsor of the episode. We're in episode number six. That's pretty hard to believe. It uh, feels like we just started doing this. And I'm, uh, I'm humbled by the reach. But uh, ZephyrWellness.org is where you can find out more. And in the spirit of transparency, you're going to see my mug smiling at you on the uh, team page of ZephyrWellness.org because I am one of the co-owners. And I'm proud of that. I'm proud that we can partner with uh, an organization like Noggin Notes that's helping to spread the knowledge that we need to, you know, enrich and educate noggins so that people can go on and solve their own problems and live their own lives happier and healthier. And obviously, this isn't a substitute for professional psychotherapy, but we certainly do hope that it lubricates the, the mechanism a little bit and helps people become the best that they can be. So... Here we are, we're going to talk about sadness, and sadness is one of 10 emotion episodes that are going to come your way. Uh, there are 10 discrete emotions, I have referenced that in the Emotions Overview, it's a three-part series, and you can go back and listen to those if you haven't already, and you can figure out what the heck I'm talking about here. But sadness, sadness's function is to tell us that our expectations were not met, and I say function because that is a unique term that comes from a guy named Carol Izzard, who studied emotions for many, many years, uh, f- five plus decades, and he taught at the University of Delaware, and he did a lot in his time, including writing the book, quite literally, on the psychology of emotions. So his take is that when he studied these across many cultures uh, over many years is that emotions serve an adaptive function, and the adaptive function is to tell, tell the brain how to adapt to something that's going on in the environment. So sadness's function is to tell us that our expectations were not met. If you think about that, um, you can you, you you experience sadness every time you go into say a fast food restaurant and they don't have the soft drink you wanted. So for me, it's Dr Pepper. I love Dr Pepper. I don't drink a ton of it because uh, drinking a ton of anything is unhealthy. But I do enjoy Dr Pepper, and if I go into say, the pizza factory right next door to where I'm recording this in Silver Springs, Nevada, and I want Dr. Pepper with my pizza, and they're out, I don't have that expectation met, and I will feel sadness. Sadness is generically what we feel, but we also have to acknowledge that any emotion is on a continuum. So very small sadness would be what I'm feeling, disappointment. I'm disappointed that there's no Dr. Pepper. I go in there, and I want it, and they don't have it, and that's too bad. And if I'm good at tolerating and recognizing my emotions, I can move through that. And I can know that the world keeps turning if I just have Pepsi. Contrast that with somebody who doesn't know how to tolerate sadness, or maybe they don't know how to recognize it, or maybe they don't know how to label it accurately and separate it from other emotions. Some people have been told that sadness is not good, that it's somehow bad, and that uh, to feel sadness and to acknowledge it and to admit to it uh, is, is somehow an indication of a bad person because people have equated feeling emotion with weakness and then weakness equals bad and so forth. Well, I want to dispel the myth that weakness equals 
that somehow you're a bad person. It's not true. And yes, emotions are, by definition, weakness. Because, as I explained in the, the three-part series on the overview, you have no control over whether or not you feel an emotion. You only have control over how much and how long you feel it. So if you feel something, of course you're in a position of weakness. Of course you're vulnerable. You're vulnerable to whatever your limbic system in your brain is telling you. And you're doing yourself a disservice if you override that or stuff it down or, or pretend it doesn't exist. Or, in some of the worst cases, you replace it with a different feeling. And some people jump to anger or contempt in order to avoid feeling the disappointment. I think that happens quite frequently. And if you're one of those folks who, who do that kind of thing or you notice that you're constantly struggling with anger, I would invite you to examine that and say, logically, if you're feeling anger... Is it because you had an expectation that wasn't met? And probably the answer is going to be yes. It's either that or maybe it's based out of fear. Now, I understand that fear and anger are two separate emotions, and I'll get to those down the road in different podcasts. Today, we're just talking about sadness. And the idea is that it's okay to feel sad. And it's okay to acknowledge that because if you do, then you can align your expectations a little bit better with reality so you can try to avoid it in the future and maybe not have that same stumbling block. Now, that comes with an asterisk, though, because most of our expectations are unconscious expectations. We're not aware, for example, that we don't want our shoes stepped on as we walk out a door with somebody behind us. I don't want to get a flat tire in my shoe, but it's not conscious. It's not in the front of my brain because I'm not always thinking about it. I may can actually be thinking about the Dr. Pepper. I may put that at the very front of my brain. Boy, a Dr. Pepper sure world tastes good right now. And let me tell you, it would, because I've been talking for five and a half minutes, and I haven't really stopped, and my mouth is getting a little dry. But all joking aside, I know that I want a Dr. Pepper. I may not know that I don't want my shoe stepped on. So if we walk out of the room and somebody steps on the back of my shoe and gives me a flat tire, I will definitely experience not having my expectation met. Now, when that happens, what I do with it is totally dependent upon how I've been trained and raised. In little children, if we validate their emotions, say, yeah, that's sad that you didn't get the sucker you wanted, or I know it's disappointing that playtime has to end and you have to come inside, then what they're learning is to label their emotions accurately, ride through the wave, and tolerate it knowing that life will keep going. It's appropriate to teach children how to tolerate and express emotions because they'll need it literally the rest of their lives. This is not some option that we have. We can't just turn off emotion, although some people will tell you that they can. It's not true. Your limbic system keeps running. It's a necessary physiological function that we have, just like having to empty your bladder and go pee. It's a necessary physiological function to evacuate waste from your body. If I can override that for a little bit just to get through, say, math class or this lecture on sadness, that's great. But eventually, I will have to go pee. And eventually, you will also emote. So sadness being what it is, and culture and society, especially for males, telling us that it's not appropriate to feel sadness, we may stuff that down and stuff it down and stuff it down. It has to go somewhere, and we will emote eventually. And a lot of times we'll end up emoting on the wrong people, in the wrong way, uh, using substances to cover it up or whatever. And that's really unhealthy behavior. So what I'm trying to advocate through podcasts like this is that it's okay to feel what you feel. There's a purpose to it. It's necessary. It's biological. It's physiological. And it matters. And to try to avoid that or deny it 
is doing not only a disservice to you, but to everybody else around you because you don't want to go blowing up on somebody just because you've got a lifetime of sadness that you haven't processed. You don't want to necessarily put a flat face on and fail to interact and connect with other human beings because you don't want to put yourself at risk. Of course it's vulnerable to feel a feeling. You're out of control when you feel it. That's okay. It only lasts for three to nine seconds in your brain until you acknowledge it and then you can move on. On the other end of the spectrum are really Im- immense feelings of pain and sadness. And those would have to do with things like the unexpected death of a loved one. Again, an unconscious expectation. We don't consciously walk around saying, you know what, I think my mom's going to live forever. No, eventually she'll die. And we kind of sort of know that. But until the day it actually happens, we're not really aware of it. So our expectations are often misaligned. We do suffer the pain of losing the person, absolutely. But we're also suffering the unmet expectation of sort of kind of unconsciously thinking that maybe sort of she's going to live forever because we don't accurately align our expectations with reality. So in summation, in order to try to ameliorate some sadness in your life, you can align your expectations as close to reality as possible. If I find out that Pizza Factory just doesn't carry Dr. Pepper, then I can stop fooling myself every time I go in there and expect Dr. Pepper only to find out they don't have it. If there's a certain person in my life who's constantly letting me down, who's constantly disappointing me, maybe I can take that in whole sum and see, you know what? This person just just isn't capable of meeting my expectations, and that's okay. I can just acknowledge that and move on and align my expectations a little closer with reality so I'm not constantly disappointed in them. And then if we deal with great sadness, great disappointment, what we want to do is embrace that fully and feel it for all that it is, and then again, set it down and walk away from it, leave it where it's supposed to be, which is in the past, and then embrace the next moment in life too because the next moment might be full of joy. If this has stirred something in you and you, you want to seek out some more, uh, I encourage you to visit ZephyrWellness.org, obviously, and you can also go to places like psychologytoday.com and seek professional counseling, or you can go to aamft.org and you can get referrals there. You can also go to sane.org.uk or mind.org.uk and you can find out more information there. Please don't forget to subscribe. Please tell your friends. Please leave a rating and a review for us because that helps drive listenership, apparently, or so they tell me. And more listenership equals more people balancing their lives and embracing fully and connecting with each other. And, hey, that's how the world goes around. So thanks for listening. It's always humbling to, to know that people are tuning in and downloading these things. It's available on iTunes and Android platforms. And... Uh, I just wish you all great mental health. On behalf of Zephyr Wellness and Noggin Notes, I'm Jake Wiskirchen. Have a wonderful rest of your day.